1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor with you. This morning, I wonder what we're going to talk about. Earnings, 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 earnings. 159 earnings reports after the close yesterday. Another 90 earnings reports this morning. So a lot to get to. Obviously, the big guns: Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Google. We'll talk about that. Uh, two guests on the docket for today. Our first guest is Harsh Kumar. He is a senior research analyst at Piper Jaffray or Piper Sandler. He is their Apple analyst. He'll join us at 8:15 break down the Apple report for us, and then at 8.35 or 8.40, we'll be joined by Jason Rasnick, who's the founder and CEO of Benzinga. Before I throw it to Joel, I want to first welcome all of our listeners from the Benzinga boot Uh, We are going to do our very best over the course of this hour to uh, inform and entertain you, not necessarily in that order but you get the point uh if you are a listener of the show and you want to join uh our boot camp you can still do that go to benzinga bootcamp.com joel and dennis will be speaking at the boot camp at twelve fifty p.m eastern time so again BenzingaBootcamp.com. bootcamp.com and again welcome to all of our benzinga bootcamp listeners now joel give us a quick update here on what has happened in the overnight training session
2: we got uh, we got the S&Ps up, 10 and three quarters handles. Uh, we were much higher though, folks. And I just want to alert everybody. I got a nice blue line up there. It's coming across at 72.75, but your pre-market high is 73.75. And we've hit that three different times. So that's a huge level. Hit that last night. Sold off, able to get back just below the close. Believe it or not, a forty-eight seventy-five. So, pre-market low forty-five seventy-five. Real good parameters. We'll see what happens at uh, mid-range on the session and uh, see if we can get up and take out that triple top. Uh, We have crude trading into green by thirty-eight cents at forty thirty. So, holding that forty-dollar level. Gold crosses the 2000 barrier. Uh, Current high is 2005.40. Currently up $26 at 1993. Silver joining the party up 95 cents at 2431. And uh, Bitcoin doesn't want to be left out of the rally. That's that's trading up $190 at 11,560 uh triple d i hope you ripped that sell button off your keyboard last night because you could have gotten run over
3: um yeah i kind of did actually i i do you know do a little market making on some etfs and i made sure i canceled all the technology etfs because i'm like you don't make markets on when the news hits and then of course i forgot one out there and i did get picked off it was a growth etf and as soon as apple reported i got filled i was like oh (laughs) So anyways, it's one of those nights where it's just very challenging from an arbitrage perspective because there is so much impact from three companies. I mean, you look at the big guns that we're reporting, but Apple, 5.8% of the S&P. Amazon, 4.85% of the S&P. Facebook, 2.1% of the S&P. And then if you look at Google, obviously that's a significant portion as well. If you go into the queues, it's even more skewed. Um, with the queues, if we just break down the, uh, the weightings there, Apple's 12%, Amazon's 11%, Facebook's 4%, and then Google's another 7%. So when you add all those up, 12, 23, 27, 32, <laughs> so you had 32% of the index of the queues reported last night, just on those top components. So obviously, the entire game, for the most part, in the queues, is pretty much those stocks, because we can look at Apple this morning trading up 6.95%. You can look at Amazon this morning trading up 6%. Google turned around, and Google's giving back some of the gains, but Facebook's still up substantially, up over 6% as well. So what's that tell you? It tells you when the S&Ps are only up 0.6%, it tells you there's going to be a lot of non-tech stocks that go down today. Yep. Yes. And that's just the arbitrage behind it. So if you look and you're wondering, you know, well, I'm, I'm long the stock, the market's up. Why is my stock down? A lot of the banks, very weak here today. You're going to see some rotation happening, but that's just the arbitrage effects of the index. Because when you've got, you know, three companies making up the bulk of the game, that means the overall market really isn't up here this morning. And that's, you know, people just come in, and they say, oh, the S&Ps are up 20. It's going to be a good day for my stock. Well, the S&P 20 point gain the majority of that gain is those three stocks that we just mentioned.
2: What do you do when you get picked off like that? Do you you have-
3: scramble. You try to cover as best you can. You look to pick <laughs> off somebody else. You do what you can. Um, you know, and sometimes you just have to eat the loss. I'm out there, and obviously I screwed up. It was my screw up by leaving an ETF out there that I knew I could get picked off on. But you know, I'm 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 doing I'm using algorithmic uh, trading for that, eh? So I take certain ones out of my system because I don't want to make a market in something that's going to have new earnings, you know, come out all of a sudden. And then, you know, you can it's, it's, it's a manual error where I just missed, I missed taking out with the one growth, the one growth ETF.
2: All right, let's uh, let's do a couple reports because we have Harsh Kumar at Piper Sandler, managing director, uh, is going to come on and talk about the Apple report. So, do you just want to do that real quickly and then move yeah, on to Amazon? Yeah.
1: What's going to Apple? Because there is a twist to this, and that is the the stock split. So, uh, Apple blew it away uh, on all their numbers. EPS $2.58 versus a 2 dollars cent estimate, sales 59.7 versus 52 and a quarter billion dollars. They uh they grew revenue year over year on all their segments, iPhone, wearables, services, iPad, um a Mac. I mean, they just blew the numbers away. And then I mentioned that stocks but a 4 for 1 stock split effective uh of the August 24th close. Uh, so let, well, let's talk about what the stock is doing and then why that stock split does or doesn't matter. I mean, the stock
3: split matters and it's been a while since we see, saw stock splits, So obviously the investors are gonna buy it hand over fist. I mean, from a mechanic's perspective, it's not like you're getting more money because it's splitting the stock, but right. people think stocks gonna come down to a hundred bucks. It's gonna, you know, now more people are gonna buy it with fractional shares on Robinhood. You wonder if that's even an issue, but exactly. in any regard, stock splits are always perceived positively. Up 7%. I'm not surprised. New all-time high here for Apple. I'm still long Apple in the long-term portfolio. Like I said, not selling it. Um, been in it since 100 bucks. So I guess I'm sticking with it. I guess I'm taking it through the split. It's a huge windfall for anybody who took this overnight. I mean, the earnings were good. The split really
1: drives it, though, too. So because Apple is not Buster's a stranger, Apple is not a stranger to stock splits. This is their fifth stock split. In the oh, yeah, they, they,
3: they do. Them. I told I was on the wrong yeah. side right? I did that straddle and they did the seven for one. I was like, oh, no, that was, six <laughs> years ago. Yep, that was
1: so it does.
3: Ha- you know, they, 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 they aren't a stranger to stock splits, so it's not out of the realm that they do this. I mean, it's been the cool thing in the last decade that, oh, we don't got split our prices because we got the really high price. So you know you look at Google and it's trading, and although Google did do a split, fifteen twenty-seven. I mean, uh, Tesla obviously trading up at fifteen twenty-five. Amazon trading up at three thousand. You know, Warren Buffett was the first person that said stocks splits are useless because um, you know it's just it's accounting, and they got to go through it all, and it really doesn't add any value to sharers to shareholders. But then Berkshire Hathaway, dot A does have the dot B listing, so yeah. uh-huh. Warren kind of gets it too at the same time. So in any regard and Burke.B did split a number of years ago too so Warren has even gotten on the split train
1: to a certain extent but you don't see as many as he used to okay and there's a great question from, from the chat about yeah. uh, does this affect uh spy well yes and no it really affects it won't affect uh, spy it 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 will affect spy as it relates to the diamonds the dia right it Can won't you?
3: affect spy at all it will affect diamonds no, no it but affects it, spy right. zero it affects right, diamonds right.
1: okay uh, the, the, the Dow Jones, uh, uh index is price weighted, right? Mm-hmm. So what this is going to do is this is going to make Apple less of a waiting in that index in, and the ETF is DIA, right? So yes. that, that ETF is going to lag spy. It already lags it, but it's going to lag it even more now because assuming Apple keeps going up because, uh, Apple will be less of a waiting in that index. I mean, this is
3: why we've argued against the Dow for a number of years. The index is poorly constructed. One, there's only 30 stocks, so it's not a good representation of what's happening there. And then two, the stocks that are, have a higher price have more of a weight in the index, which seems silly as well. The uh, SPY is market cap weighted. So market cap will not change on this. That's why the SPY will be unaffected. But you're absolutely correct. The DIA will be affected. And Apple will have one-fourth of the weighting that it did uh, after after the split.
2: For our new listeners, uh, we have the uh, 15-minute chart, which uh, the different colors are tracking the after hours in pre-market trading, and then you have the daily and monthly over here. I mean, not a lot you could say technically on this. I will just – looking at this action – Someone wants to sell a little stock here at 414. Uh, I'm looking here at the 15 minute brackets and you see several highs 1395, 1338, 1340. Will that seller get mopped up and higher prices sure, but right now if you wanted to use one number to focus focus on today for continued upside in Apple, it's getting over that 414 seller.
3: All right. Uh, you're at all-time highs. Stocks yeah, making what all-time highs, I don't short them. I mean, you can look at an after-hours chart or pre-market chart. And you can find like a point where maybe there was a seller a little bit there. But there's really no resistance up here. So, stocks making new all-time highs, I do not short. Um, with that being said, am I chasing it up? You know, 27 points here? No. Again, the name of the game is buy the dip, sell the rip. So, if you're in it for a trade, maybe book the gain. I'm in it for a long-term investment. Yep. It's paid to hold Apple. Um, there's not a lot of stocks that I just hold forever. this is one of them, so it's continues to outperform the
2: market all right let's uh let's go to the other big dog there with uh, there's one
3: there's an, there's <laughs> another so many big dogs 299 stocks I think reported yesterday
1: Wait, which which big knows. dog to clarify joel uh
2: let's stick with uh let's go alphabetically.
1: Amazon, okay, so does I, that mean Amazon? Think. Joel's trying to confuse to it. Think it's
3: about eight hour o'clock hour. in the morning, Joel. <laughs> oh, I don't want to sit here and have to rank all of the uh, tickers, so I'm gonna go Amazon because it <laughs> oh, is an A, so I'm assuming that's alphabetically. Yeah,
1: I, I had to think about that for a second because I was hey like, it's you know, eight that? o'clock Ouch. in the morning. He's trying to go drink,
2: drink your coffee. Questions. Gosh, we got all well, these new listeners, and you're Hey, 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 go ahead. Give us Amazon.
1: Amazon numbers, Q2 EPS, (laughs) $10.30 is what they earned per share last quarter. That was double a year ago or almost Uh, double a year ago. Sales, uh, uh, $88.9 billion versus $81.5 billion. That sales number grew. We said yesterday on the show that they were expected to grow with 30%. Sales grew 40% year over year. They did give some Q3 sales guidance. Surprise, surprise. It was above the estimate. Pretty much nothing bad you can say here, either. Uh, we, we
3: knew You knew it was gonna blow it away. It was a matter of was it all priced in or not. Apparently it wasn't, it was a real blow away. I mean, like we said, me and Joel, we got Amazon show, packages showing up on doorstep three times a day. So, up 189 points. I am long Amazon, I stay long Amazon. It is like Apple, it is now p- p- part of the core of my long-term investment portfolio. And people who say Amazon are overvalued, when you look at it to sales, it's not crazy. So I, I can see, I, I saw, I think it was UBS raise their price target to 4,000. I could see Amazon being a 4,000 or $5,000 stock eventually. Is it going to go straight there? No. Is it going to be pullbacks to buy? Yes. Buying the pullback is always a better idea than buying the rip.
2: Uh, that initial spurt here, just uh, after shortly after the number came out, you got to uh, 3262 and now just kind of hang it out at 3240. And, uh, 3240 was a prior daily high right here. So, I mean, right now that's where we're pausing, 3240.58. So, I couldn't, I really couldn't be an aggressive buyer between 3240 and 3260. I mean, that's a pretty wide open area. It looks like you're finding mild intraday support here or pre market support at 3220. Still off the all time high. I don't know if we're going to see that today. That's up at 3344. 29 but uh kind of tame trading after that uh initial move up dennis trading in like a 20 point well they here. all
3: did look they yeah. all had the initial spike right on the, on the reports and then they all were pretty tame after that there wasn't the whipsaw action. and they just priced to you know they, they repriced right for the new information and they it was tame you know, And the S&Ps ramped up really fast, and then they kind of hung out there all night, too. I know the S&Ps overnight came down. I don't know, like you were saying, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking going scratch with this many stocks up, but um, if the S&Ps go flat here today, you're going to see a lot of stocks red. I mean, I'm going to say it again. There is going to be a lot of stocks down today. You're up 18 points here. It's not enough to make up for just these tech gainers and themselves. So like I'm looking at my filter and I see just a ton of stocks trading in the red. And, you know, and some of these are earnings, but some of these have, you know, just no news at all. And think about the QQQ components. We've talked about this trade before, too. When you have there's 15 to 20 components of the QQQ that are really not tech stocks, those are the ones they'll probably pick on. So Starbucks, you're wondering why Starbucks is trading down today? It's part of the QQQ and it's definitely not a tech stock. So, if they're looking to sell something to make up the difference, it's going to be a Starbucks. It's going to be a Kraft Heinz KHC, which is another one which is in the QQQs. People think the Qs are just 100 tech stocks. Kraft Heinz is in the QQQ. Why it's in there, Pepsi. I don't know, but it is. Mondelez is in there, MDLZ. Um, and you've got other Pepsi's ones that are in kind there. Of Monster's in there. Monster Beverage is in there, MNST. It's probably going to be down today. That is why you know, there's obviously you know, that play, and I do that from the arbitrage perspective too, when you have the techs just leading the charge and Qs are not up really that much more than what you know, is made up of those three stocks, you know, it makes you, you know, think there's gonna be other stocks that are probably gonna be down. CSX is in the QQQs, it's, uh, it's a rail, it's in the QQQs. It's probably, at least unless you know, we see a collapse in the price of Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, I would think CSX probably opens down today, despite the S&Ps being up 19 points, and that's just understanding the arbitrage effects. All right,
1: let's bring on our first guest here, uh, Harsh Kumar. He's a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Harsh, uh, thanks for joining us. What was your first reaction to the Apple report yesterday?
4: So we were thrilled with uh, what we heard. Of course, there was a very nice beat in the quarter itself. Uh, the company didn't really guide uh, at all, but I don't think that's a problem. What I really like here is the fact that they're getting a complete benefit from, from work to home, distance learning opportunities with the Mac and the iPad. Uh, but then what was really interesting was that the iPhones grew 2%. That hasn't happened in a long time for the for the June quarter to come through like that. And I think if you think about it, Uh, The iPhone is, or any phone for that matter, is a very productive device. You have your laptop as the number one productivity uh, device. And then right after that is your phone. And I think the phone is getting some benefit from that. I think also um, you had the reopening start to happen in the May and June uh, timeframe, which also helped. And then stimulus, apparently a lot of the stimulus money went into um, Apple devices as well. So all in all, solid quarter. And we really like the setup for next year.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, uh, first of all, fiscal year 21, setting up to be a banner year. I I don't even want to show people the iPhone I have because it, it it's so old and everything. I know I'm going to be buying one, but talk about the factors that are going to make uh, fiscal year 21 a banner year.
4: Okay, so, so let's start with the fact that Apple's fiscal year ends in September. And we know last night that they admitted that they delayed the phone by a few weeks, which means it's going to come out Call it October, which would put it squarely in 1Q fiscal. So it'll be the start of a very good fiscal 21 would be the December quarter when the iPhone 5G gets launched. I'm going to give you some anecdotal data point here. The last time Apple did a technology upgrade was in 2012. They went to a 4G phone. Units were up a stunning 45% that year and they went up 20% plus for the next two years culminating in 2014 when units were up around 25%. Now, penetration was a lot lower back then. You know, a lot of people didn't have iPhones. Uh, This time it's a little bit different, but units can really go up when there's a technological change. And I think units can go up in the mid, maybe even high single digits for that matter. So that's one thing with that new iPhone and with the fact that the phone's coming out late, you might get muted seasonality in March. March is usually almost always down, but now the phone is late. It's gonna come out in October, plus it's gonna be a, a pretty big you know, upgrade. So you have good March, you, I'm sorry, you have great December, you probably have a better than expected March. And then there's no reason for me to believe that the iPhone 2021 model is going to get delayed. The only reason this year was delayed because of COVID, You know, fingers crossed, COVID is not around at the end of 2021. So you might actually get two new phone launches in fiscal 21 plus no reason to believe that December won't have strong iPad because Christmas is going to come around and Mac and everything else that we love about Apple wearables services etc all right uh, any
2: negatives in the report I mean it's kind of it's kind of hard unless you don't like stock splits is there is there anything in in the uh the report that was a little bit disappointing
4: you know, the, the only thing, uh, Joel, that you could raise your eyebrows at and, and kind of think was not perfect in an in a otherwise perfect report was the services number. Uh, the services number was didn't meet my number, didn't meet my expectation. It was actually slightly off on a sequential basis. Uh, and I think the reason for that is a lot of their stores were closed and there's a lot of repair business that comes in. There's a lot of care sign-ons. Also, I think some ad business, perhaps from local restaurants and some other places slowed down a little bit. So they saw that that, uh, that that was probably the only negative thing I think of. But now the store openings are back on. Um, and, um, you know, for most part, they seem to be accelerating as far as store openings are concerned across the globe. So I think that's going to fix itself. And anyways, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a bad enough of a mess for me to care about it.
2: And uh, as far as the wearables go, they just, you know, I I just haven't really had a huge impact yet on the bottom line. I think a lot of has to do with that battery. I don't, I don't like having to charge that up any day. But do you see, do you see any technological changes in, uh, you know, the wearables to perhaps give that a a bigger boost to the bottom line?
4: Yeah, so uh, I think wearables typically shine in the December quarter timeframe. So everybody, you know, I you think about AirPods as the perfect gift, or the watch is the perfect gift for your Christmas. Uh, iPad and 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 Macs are, of course, more higher price gifts. So I think um, that's when you will see the revenue come through in a big way, is the September December quarter timeframe And people start to buy this for. Gifting activities. You may have seen a little bit of a benefit from productivity. Some people might have picked up AirPods just because they're working more from home. Um, But from a, you know, there there isn't a whole lot you can change. Unfortunately, if you want wireless, you have to have a battery. That's just the negative aspect of it. They could probably do a few things to improve on the services side with the lineup. Uh, But outside of that, not a whole lot. Um, I I think batteries are part of being wireless.
1: Ron with Harsh Kumar. He's a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Harsh, uh, we were talking earlier about the stock split. Uh, do you care about that? Do you think it'll have a, an impact on the stock and how it trades, how it behaves?
4: I, I think I will. I, I think look, when when stocks get price, you know high dollar stocks, uh, they're they they're for large part suitable for uh, institutional investors. Individual investors are left out of you know, for example, four hundred dollars stock, thousand dollars stock, three thousand dollars stocks. It's just not in the realm of possibility to expect somebody to go step up and buy 100, 200, or 1,000 shares of something that is that pricey. So splitting up the stock makes it extremely accessible to your average retail trader. And people know the Apple brand. I think it makes a difference. Brands like Amazon, brands like Apple are well-known and well-accepted by individual investors that now have an opportunity to go buy the stock directly, not from a stock split, you know, not from a a fractional share company, but the actual stock itself. I think it matters a lot.
1: Okay. Yeah. And the the, the point of, yeah, fractional shares, I don't even know if it, the fact that that exists now, is sort of, definitely makes this not as big a deal as it maybe used to be. Uh, and I just wanna get your thoughts on what happened on Wednesday. Do you see any material impact from the ongoing uh, investigations into big tech monopolies? How you think, how, how Tim Cook or any other CEOs did or, or what long-term implications do you see coming out of this storyline?
4: You know, this is not the first time the government's try to go after big right. tech, You know, right? If you recall Microsoft, you know, back in the day, they've been after Facebook for a while. Um, I would say Facebook is a little bit different because it's a hotspot of information from individual people. You can question some of the information, but Apple for most part is a product company. You know, we we have hardware products that drives the bulk of the business. As far as services are concerned, they fix your phone that you bought from them or they might place an ad for you, but typically they don't like political ads or they, they don't do things of that nature very much. Uh, and then you have the card. So there's nothing to question. This is just a, for most, Practical purposes, all practical purposes. This is a product company. There's nothing wrong that they are doing in terms of disseminating false information or influencing politics or anything like that. I think Tim Cook and Apple will be able to walk away from this uh, as they are.
2: Uh, just a couple questions, and uh, then we'll let you go here. Uh, you know, pretty small dividend, no dividend raise with all that cash sloshing around. I just wanted to get your your comments on that, and then. It ebbs and flows with Apple TV right? It was a big thing a while ago, and then they're wrapping it up again and now you know now with there's more focus on the phone and the iPad and everything, I mean are they going to do so is that really ever going to take off, or do you think they'll eye any acquisitions or do something to uh to boost that product?
4: Yeah, let me take the first one first on the dividend side um, yeah they they did not raise the dividend the cash flow went up nicely, everything is looking good. But they did say that their capital structure policy remains unchanged. They have roughly 80 billion net cash in the balance sheet. And they said that their goal is to be cash neutral. In other words, cash equals debt. So if you simply do the math, there's 80 billion that they have to spend. As of if the world stopped today, Apple has to spend 80 billion and give it back to investors. Um, and they can, they can fulfill that with debt or just simply give it away, whatever be the case. But that's what you're looking at. Um, there are other ways of making, uh, making the investors whole. You can do buybacks, which the company has been involved in. There are other things, certainly dividends is a part of it. I think, look, I think the world is in the middle of a pandemic still, Apple is benefiting, but there's a lot of unforeseen things that can happen. It could get worse. I think it's prudent to just wait it out a bit. Let's get to the end of this. And if Apple's still doing well as we think they are, They could always raise it. The problem with dividends is once you raise it, it's very tough to take it back. And it's usually a very negative sign when you take it down. Great great point.
1: Great point. And before I let you go, uh, give us your rating and your price target.
4: Yeah. So we love the stock. We just went to $450. Uh, We love the stock. Like I said, we love the setup uh, going forward next year. And we don't see anything stopping. uh, The productivity tools, iPad, Macs, phones should all do really well.
1: All right, Harsh Kumar is a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Harsh, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. All right, let's keep on going on this earnings parade, guys. Let's go. We, we did Apple, we did Amazon. Let's go to Facebook here. Yeah. Uh, Facebook had earnings, of course, uh, last night. They were supposed to be on Wednesday, I recall, but they had to move it. They moved it to. Uh, because of the, the congressional hearing. I'll give you the Facebook numbers here. Q2 EPS, buck eighty versus buck thirty nine per share. Sales, $18.69 billion versus a $17.4 billion estimate. So they blew away the EPS and the sales estimates. Uh, what do they see? Uh, daily active users for the quarter grew 12% year-over-year. Monthly active users also grew 12% year-over-year. Uh, Average housing revenue uh, over $18 billion it's it's making a new all-time high but barely so you got to keep that
3: 250 level in mind if this thing starts to you know get to a point where it's it starts to fall below 250 then you think okay well maybe we're not going to make a new all-time high then that becomes major resistance where you know apple is is very much clearing it and you know it taking a land side or some the company saying something for it to get back under 400 Facebook could easily slide under the area of where it's making a new 52-week high. So just keep that in mind. You do have an area of resistance, and that's the all-time high of 250.15. We're trading slightly above it right now, so it doesn't look prepared to make a new all-time high. But I'll call 250, still resistance until we're over in the regular session.
2: Uh, Initial spike, you know, after a little digestion went to 254. uh, Just hanging out here at 251.75. Looks like you're finding some mild uh, uh, pre market and after hours support at uh, 247.5, 248 area. I don't have my options platform up, but I don't know what people paid for that 250 call. And I uh, don't know what the open interest was either, but uh, what we talked about yesterday with CC Legator, you know, as far as, you know, people like using their options positions to trade around, uh, you could see a lot of that, you know, maybe a pin at 250, but 254, uh, that stands, that's the after hours high in Facebook, new all-time high.
3: It's the only one of the big guns that I don't own in the long-term portfolio. I had it there for a while, but. I sold at the back there during COVID and obviously that was a big
1: mistake. So Google. Oh, you're way too hard on yourself, Dennis. All right, going on to Alphabet here, EPS from Google yesterday after the close, ten dollars and thirteen cents per share versus an eight dollar twenty-one cent estimate. Sales thirty-eight point three versus thirty-seven point three billion dollars. They also added uh 28 billion dollars to their buyback program so they announced uh buyback of 20 billion dollars to go with a massive earnings and sales beat
3: this one went to the uh has went to the red so this is one that actually has given back the gains i do have this in the long-term portfolio i've been in it for probably seven or eight years i'm averaging at 250 bucks i'm not selling it um I don't know. You have support down at 1,500, you know, where you see dippers come in. It's somewhat concerning that it's given back the yeah. pre-market gains. That's always, I never liked to, you know, jump in a stock that, you know, was up substantially. Now it's went to the red. That's a red flag for me always as a buyer. But, you know, as a trade, I think you got support around 1,500.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty clear support there. I was just gonna I'm looking at the dailies here and uh the low from yesterday came in fourteen ninety two twenty two, fifteen oh one, fourteen ninety seven. Just a lot of a lot in that area. So very important uh for it. It's uh still 2750 away from that pre-market low didn't even get near that area so 1500 uh major uh major support and then on the upside if you want a little reset here and you, you know you don't think you're going to get up to that all-time high uh a pair of highs at 1570 uh this was back just on the 22nd and 23rd and then a little bit even if you're looking for a little a target below that uh fifteen forty ninety seven was uh Monday's high. So Google's lagging a little bit here uh this morning.
3: Can we go to Pinterest because now, oh, is, yeah. everybody's talking? This is the mover.
1: You're right in my mind, Dennis. This uh, is
3: unbelievable.
1: Woo-hoo! Unbelievable move. So Facebook is up seven percent this morning and they're being outshone a lot by pinterest which is up yes. 36% wow. 35 in somewhere in that 35 36% wow. range this morning on their earnings they will give you their numbers adjusted eps they did lose $0. 7 cents per share but they were estimated that they would lose 3 cents so they, they beat the estimate sales 272 versus 251 million dollars here we go active users global monthly active users grew 39% on a year over year basis 39 percent i'm mad at myself i've wanted to
3: own this stock it gave i actually did have it a couple times and then i i scalped on it and in the swing trading portfolio but i always wanted it as a long-term investment and now it's gone but just think this is one of those logic trades what have people been doing in the last quarter they're sitting at home playing on their phone they're probably like oh this pinterest thing is pretty cool so you know you're all stressed out with covid there and you do the mind-numbing exercises of just flipping through And look, and that's from Gene Munster, the mind-numbing thing. He says, you know, you're flipping through. You're in social media. You're flipping through, flipping through. Oh, look at this. Oh, I'll pin this over here. Oh, look at this kitchen. Looks pretty good. Oh, I want to paint. You know, let's go look at some paint colors on Pinterest. I mean, so logic says that they would have, you know, blown it away. But I didn't think about it. You know, it's hard to think about all 6,000 companies all the time. And on a day like this, you're focused on Facebook. You're focused on Amazon. You're focused on Google. You're focused on Apple. And Pinterest just slides right under the radar. And looking back in hindsight, Capital's obviously 2020. This should have been an easy call if those average users would have flown. And they did. So congratulations to who thought of that. Um, obviously, it's easy to think of it after the fact. But um, egg on my face for not
2: thinking of it. Ah, uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, I won't call it pin interest. I'll, I'll call it Pinterest here. Very confusing. Uh, my wife has it, and I look at that thing, and I'm like, w-? and she has all these things pinned and everything. I mean, it's not for an old guy, old blind guy like me, but obviously a lot of people are using it. Hey, you're getting a reset here. If you've been looking for the uh, to sell the old-time high, folks, you just may get that today, Thirty six eighty three. Uh, it's already come a long way, up nine bucks. The pre-market high hasn't got there. Uh, the pre-market high comes in at thirty-four seventy-five. So, I, I wanted to keep going. You know, thirty-four and a half, thirty-five. Go up and test that all-time high. If not, I mean, very logical. You could see some profit-taking. Uh, you did have a little trouble at thirty-three and dipped at thirty-one. So, there's some parameters, but important there's a clear this,
3: resistance point. Yeah, but. I'm not coming in and shorting off of it. (laughs) The thing's up 35% because stocks that go up 35% sometimes go up 45%. So it's an incredible move. It was an incredible quarter. It was predictable, which is why I'm mad at myself.
1: Uh, Snapchat getting a sympathy boost this morning with – So is Twitter. So is Twitter for that matter, actually, yes. So social media trade is on here this morning in – and, uh, because of Facebook and perhaps more because of Pinterest. So um, if you're not tech, and we can move to the non-tech earnings. I know
3: Caterpillar yeah. and Merck are doing okay here this morning, but there is a lot of disappointments really in non-tech land here. There's quite a few stocks that are trading in the red. Gilead down two dollars and sixty-three cents. Um, if you just fly through them, um, you can see. What well, I'm yeah, be. there's definitely a, some clear rotation here today. It's tech trade versus everything else. Actually, Again.
1: The, the, the farmer trade is a bit of a hit or miss because you got Gilead out yesterday. Their their numbers were light. They missed the estimates on both their earnings per share and their sales, though they did raise their guidance. And then Merck this morning is out, uh, and their EPS and sales beat, and they also raised their guidance. So a bit of a mixed bag here for, for the farmer trade. Gilead down. I haven't seen Merck. Uh Gilead we- yeah, getting hit hard here. People have yeah. been
3: asking me about this one. Am I getting back into it? Mm. Oh man, you know, from a valuation perspective, it's very attractive in the mid sixties. But it is just what's the story here now? This severe we we milked that story for three. How months. many times? How many, How many times? And that's why I never got back in. I mean, I couldn't have played it more perfectly. You know, I milked it for 10 points, almost, almost 10 points, three times off of those pops. Selling it a pop every time and then rebuying. And I didn't rebuy it the third time because I just felt like the story was getting old. And I feel like the story is old here. And even if you get some positive headlines or a disappear, is that, yeah. And is that going to really make the stock go back to 80, 75? Not this time. It's the story is old, the story has cooled off. And now you have this grow this 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 biotech that you know doesn't have the growth. We know they tried because they went out and bought was it kite? I, I always get you know kite. I believe it was kite they bought. Yes, I think it was they, they, you know, they, when you're struggling, it's like IBM. You got you're struggling to grow your own company and you gotta go buy the growth with Red Hat and pay a big premium for it. I mean, that's a challenge. Gilead has been ch- challenged here for growth for a long, long, long time. Stocks with P's of six and seven are hated by this market. The market cares zero about the bottom line. It cares about top line growth. Are you growing? Are you getting bigger? Cause that's what they want to see. They want to see the growth. Gilead just doesn't have the growth. It's going to remain out of favor of the room. This severe story was cool for a while. It was fun to play. And yes, you know, a lot of traders made some money on it but the story has cooled off substantially. Is it worth it down in the mid 60s from a valuation perspective? There's so much support 62 to 63. I would say yes. Does it get down that low? I don't know. If it got down to 62 bucks, I would probably throw it back in my long-term portfolio because I've had it a few times. But it is a stock that is just not in favor.
2: And uh, you're kind of breaking down here. uh, That had a trading range for the longest time, you know, 72. And then I think when they got those pops, I think every time that you sold out of it, I think it was in the pre-market or the after hours. I think you got prices that, we're never seen uh, uh, once.
3: I, think, I did once. You think, did? Okay. Yeah, once. I think one was the regular session, and, and, and you know one was live on the show. I was saying I'm going to sell it when this was halted. I was like, I'm going to sell it when it reopens, and 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 then obviously, you know, I got out. I think it was like 86 or 87 bucks, which it and that was during. I think that was during the pre market. Maybe that was the pre market one, but I mean it. It's been a play to sell the pops on this on good news. Is it a play to buy the dip on the bad news of the earnings nah. here? I don't think so. Stocks were really out of favor. Look at Wait. Intel. And, you know, this is, you know, we're going to go back to tech talking for a second here. But, I mean, people who come in and say, oh, well, Intel's cheap. It was cheap at 52. It was cheap at 50. It was cheap at 48. I've been saying, I think it's going to 45. Am I going to pull it... the trigger at 45? I almost don't know if I'm going to. I I should. <laughs> But, I mean, people are coming on and saying, oh, yeah, you know, buy Intel, short AMD. How can you go wrong? AMD is in favor. Intel is not in favor. I have seen things blow out crazy. A story carries a stock a long ways, and the Intel story is cold
2: as ice. Uh, it's continued to make uh, new lows here. Maybe The sellers eventually got to get tired here. But uh, since that earnings report, remember we talked about, hey, maybe if it gets back above that high 52, maybe get interested and see if it can get back up to fill the gap at 60. But every day, actually, first update in Intel – was yesterday? Oh uh, no, it wasn't even an update It was just higher than the open. So it has been down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days in a row. The volume is coming down, so maybe everyone that's you know wants to get out of the pool is out here. Uh, Forty-seven, fifty-nine trading up. I don't know. You got a chance here at Intel, but uh, longer term, uh, Dennis, telling me you got a the chance. Month. Yeah. Yep. exactly Exactly. <laughs>
1: All right, right, let's do a couple more here. I want to do EA. Uh, They had earnings out yesterday. Uh, Speaking of uh, obvious stay-at-home plays, Q1 EPS, a buck and a quarter versus a 79-cent estimate sales, 1.46 versus $1.05 billion. So a handed beat and a beat for EA on the top and bottom line in their first quarter.
3: EA I own in the long-term portfolio. I put it in there when it dipped. Was it last quarter? When did I put EA in there? I think it was last quarter. Um, let's go look at the charts here. Uh, was it last quarter? Yeah, I think it was on, in April. And I was just like, the gaming's not going away. And they had a pretty good report and they hit the stock for six bucks. So I was like, that's silly. So I bought it, I think, 114 and I've had it ever since. Um, it's 141 here now. It's gaming going away no, no, I don't think it's going away. And I do think EA, how far are we making new all-time highs? Not no, quite. we're not.
2: I just looked at that. 151. Uh, that, I think yeah. he eventually
3: makes all-time highs. I'm holding on to my EA. One, yeah,
2: we'll do this one's uh, pretty quick here. Uh, one, 142. Uh, you had on your daily charge, you can see basically three highs in that area, 4199, uh, 4231, and then 4158. So, 142. Uh, for a continued upside here, you want to see buying this off the open 142 bid and keep on going. Not holding 142. Uh, some ground to get back here. Uh, if you're looking for the top of yesterday's range for a gap fill 138.84, but that's a quick, uh, quick rundown on EA.
1: Uh, Jason Razick, our founder and CEO, will be joining us here shortly. Before uh, that, let's just do a couple more. Let's just do Exxon and Chevron together here. Sure. Out this morning. I mean, you need me to say the numbers? Chevron missed horribly. <sighs> uh, Exxon, same thing. And there was a report yesterday from Reuters that Exxon is doing whatever they can to try and save their dividend. And it's never. I good.
3: mean. And, and Kramer, love him or hate him. Sometimes he makes some very good points. I watch him every night. He always makes me laugh. I love Jim Kramer. But I mean, he's saying, get the hell out of the oil industry. He, right? And whenever a caller calls in and talks about oil stock, he's like, get out of that industry. And he's absolutely correct. And we've been absolutely correct. We've talked down oil stocks for five years on this show because you have this move to electrification. Oh, yeah. and now you know it's caught, And now it's hot. And dirty oil stocks are not the future of growth. Are they cheap? Sure, some of them can be cheap, but there's so many problems out there right now. A lot of the oil companies are still going to go under. Chevron and Exxon going to go under? Probably not. Is the Exxon Mobil dividend safe at 8.5 percent? Probably not. I mean, here's a stock, and you can say, "Oh, eventually it's going to be back to $100." Not if people aren't using oil as much. So, I mean, there, there's obviously just you know we we still have this move to cleaner energy, and oil is not clean energy. So I don't own hardly any, the only exposure I have with oil stocks in my long-term portfolio would be indirectly through an ETF. I used to have oil stocks in there and I've sold them all. I used to have ExxonMobil, I've sold them all. And they were great sales. I was selling my ExxonMobil at like $90 because I was like, I don't want to be part of this story anymore. It's now 40. So Chevron has given you the gift that keeps on giving. It's a stock that continues to come back. It's best of breed. We'll give it that. When this thing got up over $100 back in June, what a gift. Am I buying the dip on Chevron $82? Nope, because I think eventually Chevron is going to get as ugly as ExxonMobil. It's just, I'm sorry, the companies are doing the best they can, but they're in an industry that is under a lot of pressure.
2: And just think, oil has gone from negative 40 to 41, 42. And these stocks have gone nowhere.
3: I mean, it, let's stop though. That negative 37 right, people right, are saying, right, that's like, BS. Like, it was yeah. never, oil was never minus $37. It was that one contract that was just screwing it, it was, people it that couldn't paper. take delivery. It
1: was on paper, but not in reality. It wasn't.
3: It wasn't because you had to look at the, we had already rolled on the futures contract, I, I we were already trading the next contract. Oil in itself got down. The next contract did get down like six or seven bucks. It
2: did. So day. that
3: is where you could say you could have actually bought, you know, oil. Anybody who was buying the oil contract at thirty-seven dollars minus thirty-seven isn't selling today right. at forty dollars. They got burned and they had to sell that day because they couldn't take physical delivery. So anybody who was buying that wasn't making money. But the people who bought oil, the next rolled over contract at six bucks actually did make the money. So I will say. The low on oil is actually six, not minus 37 that that contract was showing.
2: And that's uh, and that's what the rolling front month contract. And, and that's
3: why that chart is good, because you're always trading yeah. the front month. So people can actually take delivery of it. Me and Jason were joke, joking, we're going to empty our pools and put oil in there. But we still wouldn't have had enough room for all that oil. So, And obviously, they're not going to do that. We were already past the delivery date, too. So anybody had to settle up, they had to sell. Unless what? you were a tanker, and we saw the tankers take off that day, too. Obviously, NAT, you know, if you look at that trade, too, what? man, that yeah, trade go yeah, yeah. off. Oh, you know, oh, look oh. back to April when oil was going negative and you had all those tanker stocks. They got to have tanker stocks so they can take advantage of negative oil prices. And oil oil wasn't negative for very long. And the tanker trade, N-A-T, up to $9, back of 4
2: bucks. Well, that's where, what, you know, that's where this, uh, the guy was on TV. The, oh, he said, the, we're
3: making so much money. <laughs> he goes, that was the best Mad Money interview ever. <laughs> we're making it in, he says. That was the, I love the accent. <laughs> sold. Dude, the accent awesome.
2: Sold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was the
3: top.
2: Palms out. Palms out on that one.
1: All right. Uh, Jason Raznick is going to try and join us in five minutes. He said he's got a really busy morning. So before then, let's just do some tickers from the chat. I want to get to some of your questions. Uh, Dennis, somebody asked uh, if you had done anything with Virtue of late. I own it.
3: Uh, where is it? haven't looked at it in a while. Virtue for now. Oh, you know what? That's a dip I would buy. So I already own it. I'm actually – I was doing really well on it, apparently. When to go up to 2682, I hadn't looked at it for a while. I bought it. I feel like I bought it right in here, like when it broke out from July. So I guess I should have sold it and rebought it, but I didn't do that. Virtue Financial is, is obviously a stock I know a lot about. We have a lot of overlapping strategies. We're not technically a high frequency trading firm but i mean there is no technical definition of a high frequency trading firm but we do have a lot of overlap and strategies we're more bright trading more statistical arbitrage virtue is doing that for sure as well but they're doing a lot of other things as well they're speed dependent we're not so much speed dependent anymore we used to be we used to go head to head with them but we just don't compete on speed anymore so because you know only one person can win the race and obviously with you know the with payment for order flow they've kind of taken speed out of the equation too we know virtue citadel has relationships with Robin Hood and with other retail brokers, where they get first dibs no matter what, even if they're not the fastest. So that's another story for another day. I <laughs> will just say I love the Virtue Financial stock. Um, can it pull back? I mean, it's a play on the VIX. As volatility comes down, typically Virtue Financial will come down as well, because we know they make more money when the VIX is higher. So it's a little bit of a negative play on the VIX. So as stocks start to go up, this kind of is a stock that moves. I have actually have always owned it for a hedge. Um, it's a stock that does well actually, when the market starts to do bad
1: all right i'm going to keep on going from the chat We've got a lot of tickers to go through uh, someone's asking about jumia JMIA i asked our news desk was there any news this morning cuz the stock's up 10% and i'll read Just you the exact are we do the quote uh spencer there is never news on jmia it doesn't need news really this
3: stock has been in blast off mode for a while um i looked at this back when it was seven or eight bucks in early july and now it's 13 i'm like wow i missed the train on this one i mean there's been multiple breakouts that have worked well now again it has not worked well to chase these moves i mean you are up from ten dollars two days ago to now 14. Does it go to 16? Does it go to 17? But it always pays more to buy the pullbacks. Again, I don't like to jump on the train when the train's already rolling down the tracks. I like to jump on the train when it's at the station and getting ready to move. So the time to strike on this would have been early July. If you look back on July the 7th, when it was, you know, rounding bottom, and then the breakout, and then you get another rounding bottom mid-July, and then the breakout, and then you got another rounding bottom. Did it three times, and, 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 obviously stock, we don't look at enough. Um, late July, just three days ago, rounding bottom, now the breakout. So now let's wait for the consolidation, get the rounding bottom and we'll play it again that way. But I think to just jump in here and chase, you know, if you were chasing it on day one, you know, looking back to July 9th, you take some heat. So it's not paid to really buy these huge spikes. It's paid to buy when it's consolidated after the spike.
2: Ah, uh, this was one Gene talked about a while ago too. Uh, when we had him on, on uh on one of our specials got up to fourteen sixty six uh at uh around five a m this morning if you were up now trying to hold thirteen sixty so if you 're looking for a potential target uh based just based on the after hours trading of fourteen sixty six
1: uh
3: selling these tickers pound them right. out what Pound out the tickers.
1: Okay, yeah. And before I do that, I want to remind everyone, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. Let's go to uh, DraftKings. Someone wants to know if, Draft, if DraftKings is a sell here.
3: DraftKings is a play on the sports. So we're going to get the NHL playoffs coming this weekend. You know, sports are trying to come back. What's going to happen with the Major League Baseball? We still got the Marlins quarantined. I mean, there's stuff going on there. Is baseball going to end prematurely The season? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I can tell you, If obviously, you know, sports all of a sudden, Major League Baseball says we're shutting down the season, DraftKings will get killed. So there's headline risk here. With that being said, as sports keep coming back on, as NHL playoffs come back on, you know, today maybe it's predictable. NHL playoffs coming this weekend, that maybe DraftKings would catch a little bit of life ahead of that. And it did. And obviously it helps that the tech stocks are all trading higher too. So it's getting a lift do I want this thing? I've, I've, got the LCA. I felt, and I've talked about this before and LCA has been an absolute dog. I put it in there. It's been terrible uh, investment so far. I'm averaging from about 1320. It's 11. So I'm not down a ton in it, but you know, I was up a couple of times in it and it just keeps coming back down. This is also a play on sports. So I think um, I I like LCA better than DraftKings, but from a valuation perspective, but you know, that hasn't worked so far.
2: Uh, for this DraftKings, uh, I see major resistance at 38. Uh, you've uh, tried to bump your head up against that uh, you know, a couple times. This was earlier in the week and last week. And then yesterday, Sellers stepped down uh, 36 area. I don't know. This thing's looking kind of tired to me. Uh, if we can't get above 38, I just want to look at it. We went from 45. How big of a decline was that? 45 to 28. What's to 17. You know, we're just hanging out of the 50% retracement here of this move. So it's really, figure that exact number. And then you've got to get above 38. This is just looking kind of heavy to me. And you're right. Something happens with baseball or uh, the gambling. It, it, no, it uh, it had a tremendous run it looks like it definitely definitely cooling off with tighter ranges somebody's
3: asking about the 12 support in LCA and it has been support but it's been hanging out here too long I think it's going to break down this game could go to 10 bucks I'm talking against my book it could um, I'm holding <laughs> on to it again from a valuation perspective I see what DraftKings is trading at and I see where LCA is trading at I think there's more value but value trading and value investing hasn't worked very well so who knows um, I'm holding on to it because I believe that there's still a story here in LCA. But it, that support, buying on that support, when it hits, when it hangs out support for too long, it
1: usually takes it out. No one talks against their book quite like Dennis. Jason, oh, I know, I do. I, Jason because... Razzing is on his way. Let's do one more. We're being asked about Boot Barn, B O O T, the airport earnings Monday afternoon. Let's look at that chart here.
2: What's the symbol?
3: Boot Barn, Boot, B O O T. Boot, Boot. B-O-O-T. Boot. Okay. it's been out there forever. You know what? You got a nice rounding bottom. We'll give it that. Do they have any online? I don't follow the story good enough to know. Do yeah. they have any online presence? Do they have online sales? Or this is all mall retail strip mall based?
1: I, they, I'm sure they have some online presence. It's 2020. I mean,
3: well, that's what I'm wondering, you know, what percentage of sales come from online, because obviously anything that's strip mall based has been completely out of favor. The stock has been a dog here for the last couple of months, got the ridiculous rally with everything back in May, which was just a huge selling opportunity. There are so many retail stocks that are in trouble right now. Um, It makes it tough to just come in. But then you look at an Under Armour today and it's like Under Armour lost a lot of money. And they lost less than they're supposed to. So they were buying it up here this morning. So, you know, the rally has faded a little bit. It makes you think, could you get to that, you know, trade where oh, we're cut the LB trade? We'll cut some expenses and we'll blast off. It's possible. You have nice support. When do they report? 18, uh,
1: 18 Monday, Monday afternoon, Angie uh, is saying that they cater to folks in the oil and uh, farming industry. Oh, so that's it, it, good so maybe it's an oil play. That's a good thought. Boot burn? Yeah, she's uh, they. They got they're, big they're, boots. They're clientele. You know what they're I would really...
2: say? Um, I would say just a f- one big fundamental thing working against this stock, and uh, who's buying new shoes? I mean, you know, you're you're at home, you're walking around in barefoot and socks and everything who needs new shoes so fundamentally i don't like this stock uh great support at 18 so as long as hold 18 has a chance right long consolidation between 18 and 20 you're at 19 break out over 20 yeah we'll make a run break down below 18 and uh not sure you'll see those marks the only
3: catalyst what's the short interest because that is that's the catalyst to That's really any retail stock that you see really get a kickstart rally is often because it's got substantial short interest. I mean, even UA, the big pop here this morning, was the short interest on UA. I bet you it's somewhat substantial. And,
1: and, and Boots, so, boot only got a twenty-four and a half million share float, so not many low float there there short interest.
3: UA is ten percent. So, okay. what is boot? Let's go find out. B O O T. Uh, Do you have it in front of you? I don't.
1: Who is short boot barn? Uh, I want to bring our. I bet on. there's
3: some short interest. Okay. 21%. Fine. I got 21. That's a lagging number there. Uh, it's twenty-one, twenty-two. I mean, it, this is always – uh, the numbers are never perfect. At a different site, you get a different number. Jason Rasnick, is the 22%. founder
1: and CEO of Benzinga, joins us now. Jason, what are you trying to play for us?
3: Oh, I got in. I got in. I got a word. Kevin
1: O'Leary in the background I a, playing, just
3: jamming?
0: I had to put – no, I put a police siren on to stop you guys, you and Joel, talking about UA. I couldn't get a word. I've been on for eight minutes, six minutes now.
2: No you were late though you were late wait no you were okay. supposed to be out at 8 35 hey,
3: why would i be on is the boss he's allowed to be late joel
1: get joel get with it 8 is the start time wait jason i want to ask you about one of your stocks yesterday generac they had earnings they had a big big move up big move down are you still still long generac big move
0: up big move down what do you mean die down
1: uh well the high of the day yesterday was hit and then it Okay, it sold off significantly. It gave back some of the gains. Yeah, I gave back some of oh, the gains. I did. Okay,
0: I didn't even real- okay, I didn't realize that. Okay, so um, I, kn- you guys know I've been saying this for a while on the show because I pronounced the name wrong half the time. I'm like generic, generic. So I bought, you know, like ten call options, and they're up a uh, total of five hundred one percent or something. Yeah, five hundred four percent. Yeah, and the calls. And I'm usually not the best at buying calls, Dennis. I'm usually the timing. So I saw, I about, I ten call options. I sold three yesterday, seven left, um, and I may sell more today. It's kind of like my Whirlpool trade. I sell one to two calls a week, and I let it go because the, the, the generic gener- calls sell more quicker because it's August expiration and the, the time decay. So that's-
3: You're in hurricane season coming too, though, so there's other reasons that GNRC could get hot. It's amazing it's been such a hot stock even not in hurricane season. Obviously, COVID has driven it here, but there's reason to still hold on to it a little bit.
0: Yeah, so you're right. And then another one that's interesting, guys, that took off this week. I don't know what. I didn't read it. Maybe it was earnings. But I, uh, you'll know Spencer or Joel. Tast. T-A-S-T. I know this is an oldie but goodie. Yeah,
1: wow. I've this one for a while. Uh, yeah, I
0: bought it at 149 Um and I continue to hold it. I originally bought – You said it was a
3: 10. It was a possible – zero or a 10, I think you said. That's right. So you're 100. holding for 10.
0: I bought one forty nine. I bought like 10, nine thousand shares. I sold three thousand at like three and kept the rest to let it ride. Right. And um, so and the, I t- said,
1: so this is interesting, Jason. They report earnings on Thursday at eight thirty. So you, so I don't know
0: why it popped. I don't know. I love the background to your review, Spencer. But but um, I don't know why it popped so much this week. But but I'll take it. Um, Eli, another one that I've been, you know, Dennis, a big fan of. Yeah. Cal- Callaway that reported last night." Yeah, 1910 um, is the price from yesterday. Well, so what did it do last night? What's the story?
2: little pop to 1940, just kind of hanging out unchanged.
3: I okay. think it would report it. It was supposed no. to report. No, it didn't no, no, report. It
1: did not report. It did not report.
3: I don't know. It, it's earnings calendars here. All I guess I got to look at the pro. I think the pro would have had it right. The pro, pro is was
0: right because I had to email E-Trade about these wrong earnings. Yeah,
3: there's some of them that are wrong out there. I mean, some people had Facebook as Wednesday, some people had Facebook as Thursday. Is,
0: I did a whole research on earnings last week. I wrote to the CEO of e-trade because like I I sold I sold one of my generic earnings uh, calls before earnings the day before I just wanted I needed to free up cash for another investment and I didn't know that earnings the next day. And I'm I'm looking at e-trade and it had the wrong date on the front page, yep. you know, but there, it's like in some spots it's correct, some spots it's wrong. I'm yep. trying to get it corrected because earnings, a Pro we literally call the companies to verify earnings every time yeah.
3: we literally and right do. now ben Singer pro has an august the 14th but it's unconfirmed meaning you right. haven't called the company yet for this one because it's meaning 14 it's days an, out so they will probably call soon it's an approximation
0: yeah. it's the it's pro- right. yes he's right Ben's approximation another one that did well for us guys uh pii polaris yeah um had a good week and wow. so i still own like DOO, like the three o's i own wayfair call still I'm not selling my wayfair is August 21st expirations. What's funny on my wayfair is I didn't buy them too cheaply. I was down like 40, 60% of them. Now they're up like 80%. The thing with call options, when you're down a bunch, you get pissed. I should have bought more, obviously, but I didn't. Um I'm excited for Yeti's earnings. I don't think they're I think they're coming out um August 6th, I think. But uh, Y-E-T-I, I'm still long. Um and um yeah they're August 6th before the bell yeah we
3: have it confirmed too
0: okay and I'll Third get day. to Trulia in one second thanks for the question um but the, um, the other one um that oh yeah uh big F- big five sporting goods had they another he- heck of a week so yeah. the, the people in this room you know Benzinga Pro users are making a lot of money you know Dennis Joel Spencer Raz fans are making a lot of money hopefully that's what I. That, that's what. It's I was been saying. some
3: good calls. You've had some fabulous calls on this show here in the last three months, there, Jason. So you know, what, the the one thing I just ask is, you know, what do you do when you get a trade? Because a lot of these have really worked for you. How do you manage them when they're not working for you? It's a good question. So like VSTO, at first wasn't working for me. It was down
0: when I bought it at like 10, 11, or whatever went down, and now it's at sixteen ninety one. But the one that really wasn't working for me, and I was down um, a boatload, and then it, like okay. Here's one right now that's not working for me because the other ones I was going to say sort of came back, but um, the one that's not working for me, and you guys know it, is Delta. Um, I bought October calls. Okay, guys? I bought October calls, like 38 strikes. Well, that thing is down, I don't know, 70%. So what do I do on that?
1: I... Should have got out of it, but I didn't. Jason, I I need to interrupt you. We we have to get off at nine today because we've got the Benson boot Camp going, and we're, I'm gonna get yelled at by the events team if we don't get off at nine. So I I, I need to wrap right it up. right at nine. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Any final thoughts today, Jason? L- LCA, I actually went out of because I needed. To, I'm you
0: know there's um Gan. It's not, not performing. G- GAN what about not- Gan? What about Gan? Yeah, Gan. GAN. So what, so that's a good one, Joel. So Gan is not performing right now. I mean, we're still up on it from when we bought it at 1690, but it is the strength in it. I don't like right now. It, it powers one third of the online sports betting industry. I'm not selling what I have left. I'm going to do more research. I'm holding on to Gan. I want to see it back at 25 and then I'm selling to strength. i I want to bring the ceo on so mitch make sure we have the ceo on the pre-market show and then twilio sorry real quick twilio we'll bring jeff lawson on too, the ceo of twilio i like twilio i'm an owner twilio remember i like to invest in the thing behind the thing the thing behind the thing like that's what we want to invest in so i like twilio for that thing has it run a lot yes there's reasons for it and i'm not betting against it i bet one time i sold it early and it was a mistake and dennis and joel know the trick for that is Put that stock in your long-term account and don't look at it. And that's what you have to do. And I looked at it and I screwed up and I had to rebuy it. I sold it at 110 Rebought it
1: at 170. All right. For those of you on our boot camp, click the Watch Live Summit in Hay Summit to go to the next part of the program. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Rasnick and Harish Kumar. If you're not in the Benzinga Bootcamp, you want to go, go to BenzingaBootCamp.com. Joel and Dennis for speaking at 12.50 p.m. Eastern time. Please remember all the information on our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or- I'm Sorry for being late, guys. Clients. Love you. Hey, we're Love done. You. I'm Please. wrapping. Everyone have a
0: great rest of your day. Bye. Love y'all. It. Have a great day.